from over the internet and into your MP3 player. This is That Gay Podcast. Thank you, Ben Patrick Johnson. This is That Gay Podcast, and it's a gorgeous day here. I hope it is where you are as well. I'm Jeff. Uh, I'm Troy. You know, it's, it's, it's a decent weekend out. It's a little shady and a little muggy in beautiful Kansas City, Missouri, where uh, I am and where uh, Joshua is. Hey, Joshua, how are you? I'm doing good. It's actually thundering pretty hard over here. Ooh. So you guys uh, might I, get I had no idea Kansas City was that large, that you would have two different <laughs> weather systems going. <laughs> uh, uh, you know. Chris, you're in a different part of Kansas City. Which part of Kansas City are you in, and is it thundering there? I'm up in Overland Park, and it's not thundering, but stepping outside is like walking into a sauna. So, yeah. yeah so, humid. Yeah, the Kansas City <laughs> contingent is humid. How about yourself, Matthew? And we are at a balmy 95 degrees here in Washington, D.C., and there's thunderstorms in the area. Woo! And that is your gay podcast weather report for today. It's, <laughs> Back to you, Jeff. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's oh. it. The Simpsons. Stay tuned for the Simpsons. They're coming up next. Good night. Uh, <laughs> no, um, no, I was going to tell you guys. I had um, a little bit earlier. I was at a pool party for uh, frontrunners, the running group I'm with. And by the way, I'm slightly lubricated right now, so that's fun. Um, and we were talking about Pokemon Go. Um, one of the guys in my group was talking about how last night he was at the Nelson Atkins Museum of Art, which is one of the big art museums here in town. And um, this was like about 11 o'clock at night, and... The parking lot or the parking areas around the museum were full of people trying to catch Pokemon because they had set up traps <laughs> there or something like that. The museum set up traps there? I don't know. I mean, that's not exactly how it works. Um, at least as far as I'm aware, I'm not super into it yet. But as far as I'm aware, there well, aren't you could have, traps. You could have fooled me from your reaction when we started talking about this. Well, like, I'm really me, but before folks, before we started the program, we mentioned, oh, we're going to talk about Pokemon Go, and Chris's reaction, and guys, you can check me on this, was, oh my god, I love it so much! No, Like, no, no. violent, like, preteen girl squeal, basically. Exactly. It was the kind of reaction Chris has whenever we talk about RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh my god, I'm just... I'm just easily excited, guys. Why are you so mean? Oh, <laughs> I'm being <barely> attacked. <laughs> um, no, okay, so I, how does this work? Because now I'm completely lost. Okay, so the app will take a GPS signal from your phone to give you a location on the map. And I'm assuming, because you said they were at the Atkins Museum, right? Yes. I'm assuming that's a Pokestop, which Pokestops are landmarks that have been designated by whatever company's running this. I think it's Niantic. And when you go there, it'll show you a picture of the actual place, and you'll spin it, and it gives you items. So, like, if you're running low on Pokeballs, you go to a Pokestop to get more Pokeballs versus paying real-world money to do it. So um, they were probably there looking for that, or somebody said there was a super rare Pokemon in the area and they were trying to jump on that because they don't give you like a, this Pokemon is this far away from you. It's this Pokemon can appear here, but easily in like a three mile radius. So somebody just has to be like, hey, so this Pokemon showed up at this location and swarm. If it's anything worth getting. (laughs) That dead silence you hear is us trying to process what was just said in the last 35 seconds. So help me out here. So is there a are there a finite number of these artifacts in a given location? Like if you get them, like if, if enough people get them all there, it's just no longer a pokey stop. 
Um, are no, they the replenished at a certain interval? How does that um, work? Everybody actually kind of exists in their own world to an extent. The most interaction we get is through gems, which are kind of scattered sporadically. But the Pokestop will replenish supplies every five minutes, and it will replenish an unlimited amount of times in a day. So it's more of a, hey, you have a reason to go here, and so that's basically what it is. Um, so, <laughs> uh, yeah. so don't. So in a in a society that already has a problem with people so mesmerized by their phones that they walk into decorative fountains and light poles, <laughs> how is this good exactly? Well. Uh, I don't think I have a very good answer for you. Um, most of why this game was even developed was as a fitness app, actually, because ah. to, because it forces people to get out and move, because um, Pokemon, they lay eggs, and you can collect the eggs, but to hatch the eggs, you have to walk a certain distance. Like, I have one egg in an incubator right now that I have to walk five kilometers with the app open before it'll hatch. What? And, hmm. and so... It's, this game is actually designed as a fitness app. Now, as far as people walking into things, sometimes you just gotta walk into the fountain to catch the magic <laughs> card. I mean, it's, it's, it is a hard knock life trying to be the very best, like no one ever was. Well, I saw on Facebook earlier, somebody posted a link to an article that talked about a massive wreck on a highway when a guy saw Pikachu in the middle of the highway, so he stopped. Uh... <laughs> And therefore caused a huge bottleneck and people piling up on top of each other just so we could get Pikachu. Well, first off, he's an Emerald because if you activate the event, it stays with you as you're moving. But, <laughs> um, yeah, people are taking this game very seriously. I watched a video of my sister dragging my dad out of the house to drive her to the nearest, like, gym. Ah. And I'm like, seriously? <laughs> Cecilia, you can drive. Why are you dragging him out? And there, and I see videos of them level two, level four, and I'm like, guys, wow. this is my game. Stop it! And okay. it just it gives you all the nostalgia if you played the games in the originals, because as far as I can tell, the um, the range of Pokemon exists in the first generation, and we're on like Gen seven, I want to say seven or eight. We're pretty far into the Pokemon universe, so like. So far, the only ones I've been able to find are in the first 150. Mm, and okay. so I'm excited about that, because I'm like, this goes way back to my roots. <laughs> well, I think, you know, and the reason the reason this is not that Pokemon podcast uh, <laughs> is uh, there is a little bit of, a, you know, an angle here that I you know, thought was interesting, is that there are a lot of folks who identify as gamers with a Y, in the I am a, I am a proud gamer. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> so what was so what was your gateway game, uh, if you can remember? Um, um, Super Mario Brothers. Oh, okay. Mine was Kirby Nightmare in Dreamland. That it was cool. the very first game that I completed a hundred percent, and I spent weeks backtracking through levels, trying to find every secret, and I remember hitting 99% and then losing the game in someone's car, and I was so upset. Like, it was... I, like, panicked and called everybody. I'm like, do you have my game? Do you have my game? Do you have my game? And that's basically the point where I realized I'm never getting out of this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. 
so, okay, Joshua, what was it with about Mario Brothers to you? Well, it was the first video game I ever really played. We, um, Our neighbors actually had an Atari, but they never let me play it. I just got to watch them play Pong a few times. Well, what the and, hell fun uh, is that? <laughs> but my brothers and I, we scrimped and saved our allowances. My, my brother Stephen was... Uh, he was really big into art, arts and crafts and stuff. So he actually made sort of a, a faux piggy bank that was shaped and colored like a Nintendo. Oh, wow. And so we, cool. would, we would dump our allowances in there. And I, I think it was like four or five months before we collectively had enough money to go buy one. And, um, you know, obviously we had Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt. And I didn't give a crap about Duck Hunt. So we played... <laughs> No, Mario see, Brothers incessantly. <laughs> see, I like Duck Hunt. I would play that, that with my sister. Of a dog. Yeah, you uh, no, the you dog, know what's fun, you? right? Okay, you know what's fun, right? You give player one the the gun or whatever. You give player two the actual Nintendo control. They can control the ducks. Oh, oh okay. So I was always the asshole that would. Uh, that would remote control the ducks so my sister could never shoot them, and then I'd get the stupid dog to laugh at her. <laughs> You're <laughs> that kind of jerk. <laughs> I'm that kind of jerk. So okay. so what is it, do you think, about video gaming that... And, and Grant, I mean, I know that there are a lot... You know, the video game community is not primarily a gay conceit, but there are a lot of... Um, folks in the gay community who identify with video games so much. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious why that is. I think well, it's partly due to, you know, people in general react to that sort of fantasy that takes you out of reality. That's, I, I think, why TV and movies and everything are so, you know, such a staple of human the human condition, but video games are, are sort of the same idea, but it's interactive. So as opposed to being some sort of passive activity like watching Lost or Buffy or something like that, it's actually something you're engaged in. And I think that's why, you know, when you look at TV and movies, it's the fan bases that kind of sprout from all that that's really the heart of all of that because that's it's that engagement and that interactivity um, that goes along with it. So, video games, it's a way to kind of control the fantasy a little bit. Is there also some either, either both kind of Venn diagram overlap between um, some LGBT people and uh, your sort of video game geeks, like that sort of demographic, the sort of, you know, uh, bookish kids who stay inside? I mean, is there something to that? I, I can see that. Some. No, apparently, apparently not. Let's move well, on. I, well, <laughs> just make sure. Just make sure I understood your question correctly. You're asking if there's an overlay between like LGBT gamers and like stereotyped video game geek who like stays inside, and that's his kind of social interaction. Possibly. Am I understanding? Yeah. I, I think that's I, what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, in my experience, um, the biggest online experience I ever played was World of Warcraft, and my dad started me young at, like, 10. He insisted that if we wanted to play with him, we had to know the game, we had to know the lore, we had to be in the game. Oh, my God. And he also made it very clear that there's a separation between video games and reality. There's a very distinct separation. He may, he put a lot of emphasis on that, but he's like, if you want to be involved in the community, know the history of what realm you're entering. 
because nobody likes a noob. And so, um, <laughs> I mean, I heard it on a pillow through probably the seven years and several hundred dollars I put into that game. Um, I'd interacted with people I'd never would have before. Did I probably miss some real life interactions? Potentially. But there were people who played other characters in the game from, like, Canada, some from Italy, some just scattered that I never would have even talked to if I wasn't in the game. So there's kind of this weird... It's like a rea- it's like a sub-reality, because we all exist in this world, but we wouldn't interact unless we went into, like, smaller world mm-hmm. kind of thing. I mean, I know, I know several couples who game together, and they always make the joke, couples that game together stay together. And I'm like, you guys, like, hate each other in the game. I've heard you in Raid Call. <laughs> I can't even stand each other. And, and so I'm like, stay together as long as you guys separate your character world from your actual relationship, you do you. But I'd be terrified that if my significant other and I were fighting while we were playing a game, that I would take it too personally. <laughs> Which is ostensibly oh, something you're doing to, you know, for enjoyment or leisure or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Now, uh, we, I should point out that... Uh, We've been waiting on Brian Koch to get here, and he, he has arrived. Brian, which Pokemon did you catch while you were out? Oh my god, I'm so excited to talk about this. <laughs> uh, I'm not the I, only I, one. I, I caught like three EVs on the drive down I-5. Screw you. I wasn't driving, I wasn't driving. Don't oh worry. Oh my god, okay. Screw you and your EVs. I've only managed to find one. But, but, on the way leaving my friend's house, I, uh, I encountered a Clefairy... And it was very exciting, and I threw a Pokeball at it, and it broke out, and it ran away. Mm-hmm. You deserve that. You deserve that with your three Eevees. I have a couple Doduos. Um, I only have I, one. <laughs> have you have you picked a team yet? A color? Yeah, I'm Team Mystic. Okay, I haven't picked yet. I'm, I've been trying to decide. I need to do some research. Well, as far as I'm aware, it's not a significant difference, but in my friend group, it's already split us in half, because there's... That, that's half the thing, of- I'm... I, I, I'm 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 going I'm going on a date soon. I want to feel out what team he is. Before <laughs> Good man. I mean, <laughs> half of my friends are Team Valor. I'm part of the other half who are Team Mystic. And I don't know the names. I just know the colors. I'm it's, basic. It's half red and half blue. Okay. I don't know okay. anybody who's joined Yellow yet, and I haven't seen that gym. Maybe I'll have. Up. Maybe I'll have to join Yellow. Don't be the Hufflepuff. If you can choose to be the Gryffindor hey, hey, wow. or Slytherin, don't be the Hufflepuff. I, I actually am a Hufflepuff, and I take offense to that, so... Oh. Oh. I'm a Ravenclaw, so that's a thing. Oh my god. <laughs> Another three weeks where we're not going to hear from Brian. Great. Yeah, god. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. Screw you bitches. <laughs> uh, no, so Brian, uh, what... What is what was your first gaming experience? And what do you and do you feel, do you classify yourself? Do you think as a gamer with a Y? Well, I used to be. I used to be actually a big gamer, uh, and as of lately, I'm I'm not as much. Um, a big reason for that is my Xbox finally died. Uh, well, by finally, I mean like a year and a half ago, it kicked the bucket. Um, so I really have not had a system like a gaming system for a, quite a while. Well, for me, it's been a while since I've been in Portland. I've not had video games. Um, however. Uh, growing up in my these are like my my middle school years, um, I had the the, the Nintendo sixty four and I became an enormous Legend of Zelda fan. And this is when I would classify uh, classify myself a gamer, uh, not with a Y because I was in the closet. 
Um, but I was a huge gamer. I was obsessed with Zelda to the point where my dad got so mad at me. He actually had to like turn the game off and like make me go outside. I'm like, but dad, I'm, I'm beating Ganondorf. Um, <laughs> that never works on parents. Dad, no. no, I was in the water temple. You oh, don't do that. Was just in about the water temple. The last key. Um, but, but I'm a, I'm a huge, I, I'm less of a gamer. I'm more of a Zelda fan. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I hear you. Cause that's how I am. Yeah. But I do, I do love me a good video game. I'll play, a, I'll play some, some Call of Duty with friends, but I'm not going to go out and like wait in line to buy you know, the next first-person shooter. Uh, I'm a little, little niche with my gaming. <laughs> oh, but yeah, so we were talking about, about earlier, it's like, you know, it seems like the gaming community embraces all in this kind of aspect. And... Well, aspects. There, there, are we talking about like the gaming community... In terms of like accepting like gay people, or what are we talking about? I, I came in halfway. I apologize. No, that's okay. Um, what we were, I, I we're kind of making the connection, you know, about gaming with a Y, with how video games, how um, there's there's folks in the gay community who use that as their springboard to social networking and such like that. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because, because for for a second, I thought you were talking about like gaming without a Y, just gaming in general, yeah. and it's sort of like acceptance. And I'm like, well, to be honest, I see a lot of the opposite in the gaming community. Mm-hmm. Um, a, lot, a lot of gamers are just kind of like kind of kind of bratty kids who, you know, are the the the, the opposite of a welcoming environment for maybe like a vulnerable yeah. gay yeah. kid. Um, I, but I, with I, the Y, I that. yeah. <laughs> But gaming with a Y is different. I, I'm I, to be honest, I'm really not in tune with that with that culture outside of subscribing to our gamers on Reddit. Um, but I really just do that for the cute pictures. <laughs> the real reason you you subscribe to any Reddit at all. <laughs> Maybe I'll see some cute guys. Exactly. So uh, weekly obsessions time. Matt, you have a Jonas uh, related obsession. Which Jonas did you decide on for today? Uh, we're gonna go, I think, with Joe Jonas here, uh, with, uh, DNCE. Uh, they just released a new song, what, about, like, two, three weeks ago, maybe? Oh, is this Toothbrush? Yeah, and, you know what? It's actually a pretty good follow-up to Cake by the Ocean, I think. Yeah. Like, I love Cake by the Ocean. That was our Pride Dance Troupe song this year. And, uh, so, I mean, I mean, I've heard it, I think... 20 times in a span of an hour. Yeah. So, I'm ready for a little bit of change, and Toothbrush is a pretty good change. Uh, so, that's my pick for the week. Uh, it's it's kind of a fun little, like, mid-tempo, just kind of chill song. All right, well, I've got two of them here. The first one is going back, way back to the late 90s. Uh, I remember them well. <laughs> uh, there was a band called Hanson, and they had a song oh, called no. Mbop. Mm. Um, I guess this week on some show on ABC called Greatest Hits, they did an acoustic version of this song. But again, like I said, it's not a bad rendition of this song. No. No, it's I think, not. I think they have like 20 different Hansons you know, the next generation. So maybe there'll be another boy, maybe there'll be another boy group here pretty soon. There you go. And uh, one more, cause I can throw it in here. Um, you guys are familiar with ESPN, right? 
Mm-hmm. And yes. uh, did they do their body issue every year, which is like when athletes get butt naked and ah uh, yes for artistic God, purposes. God bless you, yes. Jake Arietta. Well, <laughs> well, how about this one here? This is a uh, swimmer Nathan Adrian. And I'm okay with that. There's a 30 second video of him swimming in his not not in his speedo, and it's very enjoyable. Uh, so that's me. I'm obsessed with swimming in Hanson. <laughs> that sounded bad. <laughs> so I'm re-obsessed with Futurama. I've, I mean, I've been obsessed for a long time with it, but I've kind of been binge-watching through it again. Yeah. Um, and one thing I love about shows like Futurama that are written and uh, the, the writing and the art in it are so both so creative and intelligent I keep finding new little Easter eggs, and I posted about one on Facebook the other day where it's one of the later episodes, and Fry goes to work at the Head Museum, and one of his coworkers calls him Lars, and he corrects her and says, no, my name's Fry, and she says, whatever. And that's a throwback to one of the straight-to-video movies they did one of the, like, 14 times they were canceled, and it was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, during Bender's Big Score, you meet a character named Lars, who, spoiler alert, at the very end of the movie, you learn that he's actually one of Fry's time duplicate clones that had gone back in time and ended up getting his uh, hair burned off and growing a beard and his larynx got damaged in the explosion. And so Lars is actually Fry, and so it's sort of a throwback to that episode. So I've become kind of obsessed with trying to catch these uh, Easter eggs and these little uh, throwback moments in the series. We used to love that show. We watched that show all the time, and to this to this day, uh, to this day, I crack up whenever I hear uh, Professor Farnsworth say, "The good news, everyone." For some reason, that still <laughs> always makes me laugh. Exactly. <laughs> there are two things I am obsessed with. One is um, Brian Kosh's Snapchat, um, especially <laughs> during the Las Vegas trip. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing. When you get to be as old as me and you don't go out ever, <laughs> you start living through friends of yours who are having fun, <laughs> exciting experiences. And so I live for stuff like that. So uh, that's one thing I'm obsessed with. Uh, and the other thing I'm obsessed with is something I've been obsessed with before, kind of, but it's a little bit different. Um, so I've gone on a few weeks ago. I went on and on a bit about this uh, DJ producer named Kay Trinata, who just put out a, a new um, album and is working with people like Vic Mensa, Craig David, that kind of thing. Well, as I've learned more about this dude, um, I found remixes that he's done of other songs from sometimes quite a long time ago, including... Uh, one of my uh, very favorite Janet Jackson songs, uh, which is pretty outstanding. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. Uh, it's it's. I'm sort of I'm I'm diving into this area of music that I've heard described as like majestic house or whatever it is. I, I sound really unhip when I. This is like completely reefer madness 2016. But anyway, um, anyway, I discovered this this. Remix, and I'm all about it right now. Uh, and he's also remixed um, uh, what it's going to be, which is the Janet Buster Rhymes mm-hmm. uh, duet from some years ago with that awesome uh, Hype Williams video uh, and and a bunch of other stuff. So I'm kind of delving into the back catalog, but this 
that I have a new appreciation for If, which is a great song on its own, and this remix is kind of reimagines it, and you know you appreciate it in kind of a different way. So yeah. that's what I'm obsessed with. I am obsessed with uh, old Norman Lear TV shows. Ooh, yes. Currently. You know, he was uh, based on uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me last week. He was. He was also, oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and he, he was on that one, I heard. And then he was also on another podcast I'm a big fan of called Harmontown. It's Dan Harmon's podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy from Community. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you haven't listened to his podcast, uh, it's really worth a listen. It's hilarious. It's uh, just really messed up people having a good conversation. I love it. It's. Does it remind you of anything? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. So, uh, anyway, I'm specifically I'm obsessed with All in the Family. Any All in the Family fans Ooh, among yes. us? Oh my god! Um, yeah. That uh, takes great back. Show. Yeah. So I so growing up, I didn't watch a lot of MTV or Nickelodeon or Disney Channel. I watched a lot of like um, those shows. I watched All in the Family. I watched Three's Company, The Jeffersons, those kind of classic sitcoms. Uh, but All in the Family was always the one I watched with my dad. And we would watch it, and we would laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. And I just thought it was so funny. Um, and then, you know, as I grew up, I watched kind of like newer shows. And I, I, I thought like shows nowadays, especially like network sitcoms, were really, really preachy. I'm like, ah, oh, they just have to like – they're always really preachy. They're always trying to have a message. And then lately I went back and I watched some old All in the Family episodes, episodes that I remember fondly watching with my dad. And I'm like, wow, these were also really preachy. I just didn't really notice it back then. Um, but preachy on like big, big subjects like like race and and mm-hmm. sex and um, like the politics of the time, and I don't know. It, it gave me a new appreciation for uh, uh, the way we tell stories, I guess. And there, you know, Norm, Norman Lear was kind of a pioneer in that area, so I really appreciate him. So that's my obsession. I've been watching it, a lot of those. That's a good one to be obsessed with. It's as. Possibly the only ver- member of the panel who was alive when that show was actually on the network. I don't know that it's possible to overstate how incredibly groundbreaking that show was when it came mm-hmm. out. As incredibly a, a, groundbreaking. It, as a 30-minute sitcom, this you know anti-hero at the center of the thing. Um, and you're right, tackling these uh, for the seventies and even for now, incredibly edgy topics, um, indeed race and, and, um, you know, uh, premarital sex. And, uh, there was an episode when Edith was raped, uh, at one point. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, and it was, it was so far out there and had even greater impact than, you know, if a similar show were to be on today, because he didn't have 40, 300 other channels to watch. You pretty much had six channels if you were yeah. lucky. And it was, it made such an impact, well, on so many people and, uh, and on so much uh, creative output at that time. I mean, you think about uh, that period of time in television in kind of the late 60s and early 70s, and you think, can network TV do that now? Absolutely not. There's oh, so wow. much stuff. That was happening in the '70s, and Norman Lear was—you're right—at the very cutting edge of it. Uh, and of course, it wasn't. I mean, first of all, I think all of the family sets a record. May may have set a record for the most number of spinoffs from one show, because The Jeffersons was spun off from All in the Family. As was I think, Mar- Happy Days is up there too. Happy, Happy oh, you're Days right. You're right. Yeah, that's true. 
but Maud was also super edgy for the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and all, you know, all these other shows were just, um, were super, uh, super out there, uh, in terms of, of content. It was such a, it was such a crazy time. And he is, he's a, he's a, he's a goddamn American treasure. He is. Yeah. And, and he's I still alive. He's I still alive. Still with us. That is, and yeah. that's remarkable. Yeah. Well, um, Chris, you're the last one left. Uh, do you have anything besides Pokemon that you're obsessed with this week? Besides Pokemon? Yes. Um, <laughs> I have... We couldn't tell, but okay. <laughs> um, there is um, two songs that have really caught my ear this week. Into You by Ariana Grande mm-hmm. with a really oh, yeah. steamy music video. Oh, yeah. Like when she doesn't have a ponytail, she is a very attractive woman. The ponytail makes her look like 14 and it kind of creeps me out when she's wearing sexy outfits with that ponytail. <laughs> um, the other one is Collide by Leona Lewis and Avicii. Mm. It's I haven't heard her name in a very long time and so hearing it with Avicii just made my day. Both of those have been on repeat nonstop while I'm out catching Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to know you can multitask. And wh- I wondered what happened to Leona Lewis. I heard that, I heard her one big song the other day in the car, and I was like, oh, I like her. What happened to her? Glad she's still out there. Yay. Uh, well, Joshua, thank you very much for coming on board. We always love having you on this show. Well, sir. thank you for having me. And uh, we hope you'll come back and see us sometime soon. Sure. Uh, boys, you want to do this again next week? Sure. I guess. <laughs> um, assuming that Chris doesn't get hit by a car when he's catching his um, Charizard or whatever. <laughs> or, oh. find a, or find a body or anything and... else. All right, then. Until then, take care. Bye. Bye. This is Ben Patrick Johnson for That Gay Podcast, a presentation of Attuned Productions.